A couple of weeks ago, I was watching this or listening to this uh, podcast, um, and it was this uh, couple of, I guess, sort of like financial planner types, and uh, they were talking about the stock market and uh, basically how to approach it. And I know I know very little about um, financial stuff. So that's kind of why I was watching. I was like, I need to get a little bit better at this. I'm kind of getting older, and i got to save a little bit of money. And uh, So anyway, I'm trying to understand what these guys are, are talking about. Uh, but they got to this one point where they, they were talking about the market, and they were saying uh, this one guy in particular, they really all were, but this one guy was taking the lead. He said, you just got to stay with it. Um, it always comes back. You know, it goes up and down, but it, it always makes its way back. So if you, if you stay with it, you're going to be fine. Um, don't panic uh, when it kind of tanks. Um, so I'm kind of listening to that and thinking it makes sense. And then this guy, one of, the, one of these experts, makes this comparison. Um, he says it's sort of like God. And I was like, wow, it kind of caught my, my interest. And I'm like... He started talking about like God and trust. How we gotta, you gotta trust the market the way you should trust God. And then he compared God, he went even got more specific with it. He compared God to Tom Brady. And I was like, all right, come on. Like, this, yeah, he's amazing, but he's not God. Like, I thought that's where this guy was going with this, to su- suggest like he was kind of godly. Um, but he immediately explained what the point was. He, he talked about quarterbacks and passing, specifically lead passes. And he said, Tom, he said, there's nobody better than Tom Brady at throwing lead passes. And I didn't even know actually what a, what a lead pass was. I was like, what, what, what? I thought like a pass is a pass, more or less. Uh, and this guy goes, God loves throwing lead passes. So what's a lead pass? Anybody, actually, anybody know? Anybody want to, anybody know formally what a, yeah, uh, Rich, what? what Actually, pull the mask down for a sec. Don't tell anybody. It's all right. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's sort of like this leading thing. It's like if I'm the quarterback and I tell you, you know, go 25 yards and hang a right, go there. I'm going to, I'm going to, the ball is go. that's where the ball is going. Um, the quarterback, let me just write, read this. It's really what you said. The quarterback throws not to where a receiver is, but to where he's going. For a lead pass to work, the receiver runs ahead of the ball being thrown and trusts that the quarterback will throw it to the right spot, which on one level is kind of common sense. Like, okay, go there, and that's where you're going to throw the ball. Uh, but I, think, I guess the temptation can be to, either if you're the quarterback, you see, the, you see the receiver at a certain point, you're going to throw it then and there, but that's not the play, that's not the pattern. The pattern is something different. So you throw it to where it's supposed to conclude, even if he's not there at that point. His job is to get to where 
we all said it was going to be. And your job as quarterback is to throw it there. And if you have a good quarterback, it's like, he's going to get it. He's going to be there. And that was kind of the, that was kind of the point of this uh, financial planner. He's like, the market's going to come back. Like, it's going to be there. So it's like a, a great quarterback. He will get the ball to where he said he's going to get it. Um, run the play, and I'll be there. Which I thought wasn't really a bad image. I got a homily out of it, so that's always a good thing from my perspective. Um, so it's like, say that's all accurate. What's the play? What's the pattern we're being asked to, to run? Where's God telling you to go? Where does God want you to be? Like, run the pattern. He's going to be there. But I think the challenge for us is, well, two things. One is trusting that he's going to be there, because sometimes I think we don't. But maybe even before that, it's like, what's the pattern? Where are you telling me to go, God? Where are you asking me to run? And I don't know, I think in some respects, like, isn't that one of the, the challenges of life? Man, if I can figure that one out, if I can freely like, figure out the play, the pattern, not what other people are telling me the play is, not what, you know, the culture we live in, or even maybe the family I grew up in, or forces that influence me, some of them are great, some of them not so great. I guess certainly reject the ones that aren't good and give some thought to the, to the, to the good influences, but even at the end of the day, it's like, as much as I respect this person and that person and what they think I should do, if I could figure out what God wants of me, well, then I'd crack the code. I'm going to, and, and then if I then pursue it, like I'm going to be living the life that I was born to live. Figuring out what God wants. That's a big figure. What does he want? In big picture and small picture, what does he want of us like in the next couple of hours? We leave here, you go and get something at the store, you encounter somebody online. What does he want me to be in relation? What does he want of me in regard to that person I'm dealing with? Well, big picture stuff. What high schools do you maybe want me to go to? Who should I marry? What job should I pursue? I was watching the, uh, that funeral on Friday. I'm sure some of you at least saw clips of it. The police officer at St. Patrick's Cathedral, Jason Rivera. I, I happened to come in, it was on, the TV was on in my room, and I happened to come in just as during the eulogies. And I listened to his brother's eulogy. His brother's name was... Uh, Jeffrey, I think. I started listening and I, and I kind of started getting nervous because of the way he was speaking. Like he had this very kind of from the streets way of talking. Like you would have thought he was almost like on a street corner talking with his, his buddies or something. It wasn't very St. Patrick's Cathedral in terms of style. 
I'm thinking, oh man, like this is live. It's like live TV. It's like, I hope he doesn't say something really inappropriate or hope he doesn't curse or something like that. Like it was, he was kind of speaking in such this very free way. Man, I was so wrong. This eulogy was so real and it was so good. At points, well, throughout, really throughout it, was very emotional, understandably. But it was fantastic. At points, he had people laughing about his brother, them growing up as kids. He was the older brother, the guy speaking. A couple of really very funny stories about him as a kid. And it kind of just so effectively broke the, the tension and the, you know, just the, the heaviness of the, of the moment. Told a couple of stories about him growing up, just sort of like his character, the kind of kid he was. I guess they both worked at a, at a drugstore, a pharmacy in, uh, in the Bronx, and he said he used to, you know, there were a bunch of old, old people who couldn't get out, and he'd, he'd pack the, their prescriptions into his school bag, and he'd ride his bike and drop them off. And he, I guess they didn't even have to do that, but he did it. Like he was just from the start, he was this kid who had a, had a big heart. And then he got very serious in this eulogy. And he said a couple of things that I just think were tremendous. He said, uh, he said, my brother knew two things almost from the beginning. From when he was a little kid. There were two things he was just so sure of. He said he knew what he wanted to, to do, just be a police officer. And he knew who he wanted to spend his life with, which was his wife. He said when he was in third or fourth grade, he was talking to his big brother about Dominique the girl that he ultimately married just a couple of months ago. From third grade, he, like, he knew who he wanted to spend the rest of his life with. Sounds kind of hard to believe, but... <clears throat> and he always knew he wanted to be a cop. The older brother who was speaking, he talked about his influence on his little brother. And he said he really did have an influence. He said he used to... He asked him his opinion about everything. They kind of talked about everything growing up. Whenever he said he had like a, any kind of a question or decision, he'd always go to his brother. And then he said this, and he, and he usually listened, but then he said this, no matter how much I begged him not to become a police officer, I had no influence on that. There was nothing I could say to take that desire away. Like this guy knew stuff. Somehow in his young life, he figured out a couple of essential things. What I want to be, who I want to be with, sort of like Jason Rivera figured out the pattern. 
He came out of the huddle really early and he figured out, like, this is where I'm going. This is the pattern, of, this is the pattern I'm going to run. I mean, it's this first reading this morning from Jeremiah. God is speaking to this basically future prophet. He's not yet one, but he's like, God is getting ready to say, listen, I need you. Here's the plan. Here's the play. I need you to do this. And he's, he's scared. He said, I'm too young. I don't know. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not capable of this. And then God says this, before I formed you in the womb, I knew who you were. Before you were born, I dedicated you. I appointed you. I think somehow that police officer, he kind of figured that out. And this isn't just a, a prophet thing. It's an, every, it's an all of us thing. What, what, Jer- what God says to Jeremiah, they're like, hey, I knew your story way before anything. And I knew the plan. And I was with you. That's, he's talking to all of us. He's not just talking to Jeremiah. And he wasn't even just talking to Jason Rivera. Those words he says to all of us. It's this, basically. God made us for a purpose. God made us for a sacred purpose. We just got to figure out the purpose. This is also what he said in this eulogy. He talked about his... He was so great. He just talked about like his brother's humanity. He didn't make him out to be perfect. He said, my brother was afraid of a lot of things in, the, in his life. He said he was scared to death of heights and rats. He said, even dogs. He said, yeah, I know. And he looked at it. He, said, even, he was kind of afraid of dogs. But, and he repeated, he said, but, he wasn't afraid to die for this uniform or for that badge. He was fearless about that. Rats, yeah. Heights, mm-hmm. Dying for a cause, fearless. I just think it's this whole Jeremiah thing. Yeah, but Jeremiah looked like everybody else. Yeah, he did. You know who looked like everybody else? Jesus did too. That's why when he's in the synagogue and he's crushing it, he's up there and he's talking and like he's just totally wowing them. They're like, what's the story? Like, this is Joseph's kid. We know where this kid grew up. We know where he hung out. Like, how is he, how is he doing all this stuff? It wasn't making sense. Because he looked like them. Hey, that's the way it is. Did that police officer look any different than anybody else? Not really. God calls all of us, all of us to this purpose to like this sacred purpose. And I think what his brother in that eulogy was saying was, my brother figured it out. He died at 22, way before 22, he figured it out and he went for it. This is the last thing that he mentioned, this eulogy. He said, my brother was called by God to do something. 
God put something in his heart. And because he said yes to God, we are confident that he's next to God. God, that's like a homily. That's, that's not even a eulogy. Like, this guy was just so right. You know, I used to be, before I came to Long Beach, I guess about 11, 10 years ago, the job I had in the diocese, I, was, uh, I wasn't a church, wasn't a parish job. I was the, uh, the vocation director. So essentially, I was like the, the recruiter, the priest recruiter. My job is to go out and try and get guys to consider the priesthood or, you know, go to the seminary. Um, you know, and that was a part of it, flat out, like being a, you know, like a, like a recruiter for the police department or the, you know, the Marines or something like that. I got to get sales. Part of it was that. But the, big, the bigger part, the truer part, the part that I loved the most about it was conversations I would have with guys, usually young, who were just trying to figure out the pattern. The plan. Where is he asking me to run? Where is God asking me to go? Like, that's really what they were trying to figure out. My job, I was like, well, I hope this guy becomes a priest because we need priests. But you know what? Like, that wasn't even a fair, like, it really was this. I hope he figures out what God wants. That's more important. More important than this guy becoming a priest is this guy saying yes to whatever God is asking of him. And that's what Jeremiah did. And I think that's what that cop did. And I think it's what we're all supposed to do. Remember the movie, one of my favorite movies? I mentioned it probably, I mentioned it too much up here, I think. Uh, Dead Poets Society, Robin Williams. I mean, it's probably 30 something years old now, the movie. He's this uh, high school teacher in this prep school, boys boarding school, the 1950s. He's an English literature teacher. And he inspires these kids to like embrace literature. They're all sons of these kids. They're, they're rich kids. They're sons of success. They're sons of power. They're all going to go to great colleges. It's all been, all been planned, laid out for them already. They almost kind of have no say in the matter. You're going to become a doctor or a lawyer or you know, something big and something important. You're going to take over the family business. Anyway, in the course of this movie, this, this um, teacher helps these kids to realize, well, yeah, I mean, you can do those things, and they're not bad things, but do what you want to do. Do what inspires you. And one of these kids, in the course of this movie, falls in love with acting. And he ends up getting a, a role in a play, and the father wants nothing of it, none of it. Because it's not part of the plan. It's not the pattern I asked you to run. And his kids were like, well, I want to run a different pattern. I don't want to run that one, Dad. I think Robin Williams is almost like a Jesus figure in the movie. Because he helps these kids to figure out what they were born to do. Kind of that purpose. He helps them figure out their sacred purpose. I think we should all be always trying to figure that out. What's the pattern he's asking me to run? I don't know. That seems like a, I don't know if I'm that fast. I'll be there. I don't know if I can move that quick. He'll be there. You can do it. 
Because God is behind it. You know, why do we come here? Why do we come here on Sunday mornings? Jacob and Kylie and Bronwyn and Donovan, you four who are getting ready to receive Jesus for the first time. Like, why? Why is that a, why? I mean, this is a huge deal. Why? Like, why is it a big deal? Why is it so important that you four are here and the people who love you are here? Well, I'll give you a reason or two. This bunch. Hey, this is the place. This is like the huddle. In this place, we figure out, we get a sense of the play he wants us to run. We don't always get it. We don't leave here fully knowing it always. But over time, like, why do we go to church? Why should we go to church when, when so many don't, you know, on a, on a kind of an uncomfortable day when, you know, hey, there's a bunch of people who shouldn't come today because they shouldn't be walking on the ice, all that. But there's also, you know, there's got to be people who are just saying, all right, let's take this one off. You know, it's kind of a cold morning. You know, and you haven't. You guys are here. You dug out and you got here. Why do we do that? Why not just blow it off? I think it's because we know this is the huddle. This is where it happens. This is where we figure it out. You know, what did that, that podcast guy, he said, trust the market the way we trust God. He's going to be there. So run the play. Because he will be there.